welcome back to the Backpack and Psychonaut. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the meaning of life. So this 24-year-old lad who is currently recording this in his parents' bedroom, working at Marks and Spencer's, knows the meaning of life. So tune in, take some notes, and some wisdom is about to be dropped. But getting into the episode, I want to discuss the various forms of meaning that certain philosophies and religion have attached to the meaning of life. And... I want to kind of dispel some of the myths about the meaning of life, but also give you my honest answer on what I think the meaning of life is and how to actually get to that point. Obviously, I'm someone who has not achieved my own meaning of life, and I'm still trying to figure it out. So this is just my opinion. But this is based off all the reading I've done, all the meditating I've done, and all the self-development I've done up until the age of 24. Obviously, I'm very new to all this sort of stuff. I have very limited life experience, but I still have a certain ability to articulate my thoughts i think it's worth interest it is worth listening to so yeah hopefully you get a lot of value from this episode so my idea of the meaning of life and what i think a massive misconception is is that we attach some esoteric idea to what is the meaning of life we tend to think that there is some concrete inherent meaning in life that we all need to attain we all need to strive towards And for me, this is a bit delusional, it's a bit illusionary because we all have different experiences of consciousness. Like you really think how you've grown up, all the past traumas you've experienced, all the mental narratives and stories you tell yourself, all the jobs you've had, everything you've done in your life and all the people you spoke to and your cultural upbringing has all accumulated in your conscious experience of what it's like to be a human. Now imagine that, your experience, times 8 billion but in different scenarios, different mental upbringings, different mental afflictions, different cultural upbringings. So we've all got this different experience of consciousness. So to think that we're all going to inherently have the same meaning of life, we're all going to want to align with the same thing is a bit naive. So I think the perfect way to look at life is that we've all got different goals, we've all got different values, we've all got different programming from culture, society, our parents. So the meaning of life is going to be individualized. It's going to be personal to you or me. We're going to have different meanings. So this comes to my first really topic I wanted to just wanted to speak on which was Viktor Frankl's man's search for meaning and this has been a huge insight into the meaning of life for me recently as I was a bit lost a couple of weeks ago maybe just pursuing instant gratification kind of feeling very nihilistic in the sense where I didn't feel like I was doing anything purposeful and I feel like I'm slowly getting back on track again but one thing I noticed in this stage of my development which was this cycle of a rut I was stuck in was that I couldn't find any purpose I couldn't find any drive there was no bigger meaning to the things I was doing and Luckily, I had a conversation with Maxi, which was my last podcast. If you've not listened to it, it was an amazing podcast. Definitely worth listening to. I had a conversation with him and he um, brought up Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, which is a book I've read beforehand. And for those that don't know this book, Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning is about a psychoanalysis and a psychotherapist who was in the 1930s, 40s, and he was working in a psychiatric ward. And at the time, the World War was breaking out and he was in Poland, so... Obviously, Poland got invaded by the Nazis and also got invaded by the Soviet Union. So they were like the the worst of the both. And he had a chance to flee to America to go and study psychiatry or whatever he was doing. But he chose to stay with his family. And um, if this was going to happen, if they were going to go and get stuck in the concentration camps, it was going to happen together. So he stayed with his parents and eventually they got caught and they got sent to Auschwitz. So as he was going into Auschwitz, he lost all of his family, he lost his wife, he lost everyone he knew and he got sent into 
the bottomless pit of human suffering. Whatever you can, whatever your suffering is, multiply that by 10 million is what was happening in Auschwitz. They had everything taken away from them. They had their food. They had their, even their identity. They were, they were subscribed numbers. So they no longer had a name. They were known as numbers, prison numbers. They had no clothes. They had no food. They had barely any shelter. And he had to stay in this, he had to stay in Auschwitz in the concentration camps for three years at the peak of human suffering. And his whole his whole goal was that he had a manuscript in his pocket when he first went in, which was the descriptions of his therapy that he was he was cultivating from the teachings of the psychoanalytical theory of like Freud, Jung. It's kind of an abstract of that. And um, he had his own idea of what was his own therapy, which was called logotherapy. And he had a manuscript in his in his pocket as he went into Auschwitz, but he got taken away from him because obviously the guards don't let you keep anything. So his whole goal to survive Auschwitz was to potentially see his wife again and to get his teachings of logotherapy and his revolutionary way of seeing the mind out to the world. So obviously in this three years that he was developing the the understanding of the human psyche through suffering, he came, he conceptualized some ideas of how the mind works and experienced a lot of a lot of tragedy which taught him lessons about how how the mind works in its base form when it's stripped back between its to its essential to its essential me- mechanics like when they have no external stimulus other than the survival mechanisms he's seen the mind at that which is something that is very rare these days as we all live a very comfortable lifestyle and he said the lessons that he learned was that the meaning of life is inherently yours to choose there is no meaning in inherently involved in the universe in life everything is happening to you and it's your job to interpret that in a meaningful way and when you can't do this when you lose the ability to choose how you interpret reality you therefore lose meaning and he was saying how this was the difference between life or death between people and Auschwitz the people that survived and got through the human suffering were the ones that had the greater purpose to attach to they had an idea of this suffering is going to allow me to get to a higher place I'm going to get through this suffering and I'm going to make an impact on the world or to see their children to see their wife to be a dad again whatever that bigger purpose was they could make sense of the suffering because they attached a meaning to it they had a reason for that so it's a good way of looking at life as like the meaning of life is yours to choose you have to have the ability to garner your own perception of what is happening and make correlating choices from that you can't just give in to some esoteric idea of what is life because if you're constantly searching and pursuing for something out there you're not going to find it your job is to perceive what is happening and perceive what is happening in a meaningful manner so the meaning of life is your ability to choose and when I when I kind of read that from Viktor Frankl it really gives me a like wake up call it's like me going to work, me experiencing this little bit of anxiety, me being a little bit depressed, all don't inherently mean anything. They're just sensations in my conscious experience. They're just, it's just sensory perceptions that are firing off certain neurons in my brain and making certain substances and chemicals that are going off, which make me feel something. The idea of that feeling and that scenario being suffering or being unhelpful or being dissatisfactory 
that's my narrative I'm telling around that story, around that scenario, around that thing happening. It's all a narration. So it's in my ability to choose how I perceive these scenarios. So recently when I've been going into work, when I've been experiencing some anxiety, I'm trying to frame it in a different way. It's like this is me developing. This is serving a greater purpose, which is me getting to where I want to go. And that is the meaning of life. It's trying to interpret suffering in a way that's meaningful to you and that's your choice there is no esoteric conception that you need to reach for it's your choice it's your ability to say where do you what how do you want to perceive this suffering so we could say actually the meaning of life is how you interpret suffering so at the base of everything that happens in life you're always going to have suffering doesn't matter what your circumstances are it doesn't matter how you feel right now or how you're going to feel at the base of everything that happens there will always be certain mental afflictions and environmental factors that inherently bring suffering and you're going to have to choose between things you're going to take you're going to have to give up things you're going to have to go through pain and this is just an essential it seems to be an essential part of life that suffering is just involved in so you need to learn to interpret that suffering in a meaningful way and that is the meaning of life by what Viktor Frankl said there are many other ways we can define the meaning of life so let's go on to another theory which we could just look at as really like biological and evolutionary to the point where the meaning of life is just to pass on our genes so it's to survive and pass on our genes we could say that we are just a process of natural selection from billions of years let's say 3.5 billions of years when the first amoeba the first like single cell organism was there we have just been on this unbroken chain of reproduction and reproduction which has led us here and in that is actually no meaning attached other than cells reproducing and passing on their genes that's all we could be we could just be the whole goal of human the human species and everything that's on planet earth is just to continuously pass on their genes but unfortunately we are humans with minds who can conceptualize this and with the ability to think about our thoughts we have got the cerebral horsepower to bring up narratives around this evolution so i think that's a a very unhelpful way of looking at the mind because or, or life because if we're just seeing it as all we've got to do is pass on our genes but then we're dealing with anxiety and depression when we're talking to people. It doesn't give us any like, inherent meaning to any of that. It doesn't make it any less bearable. Whereas I think if you look at Viktor Frankl's way of looking at the mind, where we're like, we find meaning in suffering, I think you can find the mental afflictions that you deal with and the anxiety and the perpetual state of um, depression that you're in. You can find meaning in that and you can find hope. Whereas if you look at it from a very like biological point of view, of we're just here to pass on our genes, I think you're going to struggle to get through the hard times because it can feel like there's no, there's no satisfactory in it. I hope that makes sense. But there's another way what, what people subscribe as a meaning of life is that there is no meaning of life other than to pass on your genes. And that is a very like evolutionary way of looking at the mind and the body, which to be fair does make sense because we are a process of natural selection. But I think there is something greater to grasp with this as a bigger idea. So the next one is, and this is one I actually can agree with to a certain extent. I think there's various meanings of life and it's hard to... It's hard to decipher which one's important, but so if we look at how like the ancient religions, so let's say like Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, and Taoism, what do they 
extracts the meaning of life to be and is interesting because these ancient like the, the biblical series and the the texts of the eastern philosophy they have been the cornerstone of civilizations for so long and they've garnered these massive religions that thousands millions and potentially hundreds of millions of people have believed in and followed their followed their achievements followed their teachings so we have got to take them seriously because they obviously had a foothold on society and they've influenced the way we think and feel and they influence the way millions of people think and feel so let's look at like how they say what the meaning of life is and a lot of them have a relationship with the divine and how we can define that divine is completely correspondent of the religions like each religion has their own definition of what divinity is whereas like the christianity see that as god jesus um they've got this personification of what they think god is whereas the hindus look at it as very like everything is god everything's like flowing the same with the Taoist and same with the buddhist um the buddhists go on to like the sense of self as a pure illusion they talk about the egocentric mind and how we are not what we think we are so they've all got different ways of looking at it but at the core base of all these biblical texts of all these uh, ancient religion texts sorry is the idea that we are not who we think we are and ev- we are everything everything is interconnected and the whole goal of life is to serve the greater purpose which is god that's how they define god is the the greater purpose it's what's created reality and you can rather look at this as like you're serving god or you kind of are god and everything is god but their greater teachings is to dispel the illusion of the sense of self. This idea that is Alex Rogers, this idea is you that you're listening, is just a pure illusion. It's something that's fabricated. It's a narrative in our own minds. And our job is to dispel these narratives bit by bit and get closer to the core consciousness, to just that faculty of awareness where you are just observing with equanimity. That is the whole goal to experience reality and that's the whole goal of liberation which is to experience god and experience what is happening so that's another way like um we could look at the meaning of life is to dispel the illusion of the ego and serve others because as you're serving others if you live a life of service to others you're seeing the world as you are the world and the world is you and why would you do something to someone else that you wouldn't do to yourself because if you lost this illusionary sense of self, you'd be able to go and like serve people correctly and you would serve people out of pure love and compassion. So at the bottom base of reality is love and compassion. This is what the religions are teaching. And if we can strip away this self-centered, egocentric mind that has maybe come through an evolutionary purpose, then we can actually work in a manner that is pure, pure service to others and we can experience compassion and love. So there's another way you can subscribe to the religions and with the religious texts like the bag uh, I've been reading the Bhagavad Gita on and off for the last let's say year and it gives you a tool book of how the mind works these ancient mystics that have written these religious texts they have spent a long time through through thousands and thousands of years of passing on ancient wisdom and observing the mechanics of consciousness they have really found a tool book to how you can utilize different methods of controlling and overcoming your own mind. And if you follow and subscribe to these religions and you take away the the relationship to the deities and the gods and you really like look at it with 
an observational point of view instead of giving into dogma, you can really find a lot of alleviation of suffering in, in these teachings and you can actually you can allow yourself to live a life of a purpose because they teach the right virtues. They teach that you should serve others, that you shouldn't give into the mental afflictions of selfishness. And yeah, there's a, there's a lot with the ancient religions. You can I would recommend starting with the Bhagavad Gita. Um, it's a very different way of thinking about the minds of the Eastern and the West philosophies have, um, all the ancient religions have different ways of conceptualizing the mind through, we have different languages that makes a massive difference, but also just different cultures and experiences. But I'd recommend the Bhagavad Gita. I think it's a really good read, but you could read the Bible, the Quran, any of them will have um, a lot of good value for you to try and find some sort of meaning in life. So on from the religions, we could say that the meaning of life from another point of view is to achieve your purpose and actualize your potential. Whereas if we say achieve your potential, I think your potential is always something that's quite out of your reach because let's really think of the more you improve, the more you build up this self-esteem and self-image of who you are. And the more confidence you build up, the more evidence you have of that you can achieve more your standards start becoming more and more of yourself you start realizing and actualizing more of your potential and your potential moves up a barrier because you're like i've achieved this now i can achieve this and that is the nature of the mind is to constantly be on this hedonic treadmill of the next thing or the next thing which isn't always a bad thing because it's what forces you to grow and improve and it could be that you have this greater purpose you could really want to serve the world. For me, it's like this podcast is is quite important for me. It's obviously not my greatest purpose. Otherwise, I'd be a lot more consistent with it. But at the moment, it's one of the only purposes I have in life is to do this podcast, to share my thoughts and my wisdom to the world and hopefully learn things in return. So that could be your meaning for life is just to follow your purpose. Whatever that thing that gets you excited, whatever that thing is that you find exciting and thrilling to study, to learn about, to teach, that could be your meaning. You could attach all of your meaning to that and cultivate your life around doing as much as that thing to serve others as possible. And through that, you can start actualizing different parts of your potential. You can learn how to manage the body, the mind. So let's say if you want to go on this journey of self-actualization, you can really start to improve different aspects of your life and start achieving this greater purpose, which it can be as simple as having a family. Like say you want to have a family in the future, you want to have kids, you want to have a wife. Be the best man you can be. Be the best person you can be. So you're in the best position when you have a child, when you meet that woman that you finally want to marry. Like just working on yourself now, that can be your purpose to eventually achieve the goal of having a family. It could be that you want massive financial success for whatever reason you want it can be material it can be you just want to have nice cars or you want to have a nice house whatever it may be but your goal is that that is your purpose and that's your meaning in life and that's what i mean how life is going back to the point of victor frankel life is very flux in its meaning like we are we have the ability to choose what is the meaning of life and we need to strip back the program of what we what we are told the meaning of life is and we need to find what's truth and pur- what's truthful and purposeful to us. I think a lot of people think that the meaning of life is a loads of money, is the material goals, is having loads of the social status. But I would, I really think if your the tendency of your mind is to think that way, I would really suggest that you do some deep 
journaling and really figure out where are them thoughts coming from and do a lot of observation and feel like and understand why you have that certain worldview and why you have that understanding of of what is the meaning of life why do you think the material goals are important because i think a lot of it comes from the societal programming of we are born into a system where we think that material goals at all costs we need to have money we need to have finances we need to have hot women blah 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 all this you need to be sleeping around doing all this that is what gets pushed and is promoted in our society so we tend to think that that is what is important but how much of that gives you actual fulfillment and peace so i would really question the preconceived judgments you have about life and what the meaning is and try and strip it back to something that feels good for you that's something that is purposeful something that like drives you to want to improve because it's normally I find in times when I find meaning and when I feel purposeful, it's when I'm serving others. So I went and helped a client today in the gym just for free, just because I wanted to. And I've I known him for a while anyway. And I felt so purposeful in there. I was literally in the gym and I was just present. I was enjoying it. and I was having a laugh with him. We was lifting weights, showing him how to do the exercises, having a good chat. And for me, that I didn't look at the time. I didn't question what I was doing. I didn't question if this was purposeful. Time flew by. And I was having a good time. I was, I felt meaningful in that moment. So I think the moment, the moment you think about the meaning of life, you are not doing something that is meaningful to you. When you are fully doing something that's meaningful to you, you are anchored in the present moment. And we could actually say there is no inherent meaning of life. If you're looking for a meaning, that's because you're not anchored in the present moment. And when you do things that get you in the flow state, that get you in the present moment, that is when you're doing something meaningful. And that's a good sign that you are on the right track doing something that is aligned with your purpose. And it's that flow state. Once you're in that flow state, you don't think about things you just do. And this comes back to the Taoist principle of like effortless action, Wu Wei. That is called Wu Wei, which translates to effortless action. And they say how you should just flow with life. And life is always meaningful because life is kind of happening to you. And sometimes you just got to step out your own way and get in the flow state and do things from a natural sense. The moment we attach this logical mind to things is the moment we try and conceptualize what is the meaning of life. But why do we, I would question, and this is to me, because I'm always trying to find what is the meaning of the things I'm doing. I would question to myself and think, why do I need to attach meaning to this? Can this not be enough? What is happening right now is what is happening right now. The present moment is the only thing that exists. So why have I got to conceptualize these thoughts and these frameworks with this logical mind to something that is happening? Because I don't change what happens to me. What happens to me is what happens to me. So why have I got to try and make sense of that why can't i just let that happen and that could be count it could be counterproductive because you might just let life happen to you but who's to say that the universe isn't conspiring to help us who's to say the universe isn't just playing out and we are just part of this cosmic intelligence that is that is defining our path interesting there's a book called the surrender surrender experiment by michael swinger and he's like this spiritual teacher who was going to university doing all these doing all these um, material and societal goals that you get promoted to do and he just started getting into meditation and he let go of the idea that he's trying to control life and his whole goal was just to experience what would happen and go with whatever life gave him so not to fight against life but just whatever happened accept it and move with the flow of life and he ended up being like a billionaire um this multi 
multi-million pound businessman lived a really successful life um, had loads of monks and buddhists living with him and all these things he lived this really cool life just by surrendering to what happened so how much resistance and how much suffering is caused by us trying to force things went on a bit of a tangent there but yeah the meaning of life is a difficult one boys i'm not gonna lie um i haven't figured it out yet i'm guessing i might never not figure it out there might be nothing to figure out but that's my two pence on the meaning of life so i hope you all enjoyed this 24 minute episode of me waffling a load of bollocks um there is an episode that might be dropping before this actually with my friend jerome who i met at a I met a networking event and it was really interesting. We talked a lot about anxiety, the narratives around anxiety. And yeah, I thought it was super interesting. So yeah, I hope you all enjoyed this episode, people. And I'll see you all in the next one.